1: Welcome to the RotoWire DFS podcast for Wednesday, May 25th. I am your host, James Seltzer, along with my co-host, Mr. Benny Ricciardi. Benny, what's going on, brother?
2: Ah, eh, not too much. I mean, we were talking a little bit before we got on the show here. My, my wife's out of town this week, so... I have three kids, and so I'm working and taking care of three kids, and I have a newfound respect for any single parents out there. I don't know how you guys do it.
1: Yeah, Benny and I were were going back and forth a little bit before, and and uh, the point is, if his wife does not come home, we might not be hearing from Benny again.
2: <laughs> Believe me, I, I, the three days is enough to be uh, to be alone with three kids. I don't know. I'm I'm pulling my hair out right here. The, what, what little hair I actually had left.
1: <laughs> well, there it is. At least Benny had some time to to look at the games for everybody which we appreciate and uh and we'll get Benny's um uh slightly sleep uh Sleep, short of sleep take today on all the games. That's an understatement. There we go. All right, well, let's jump in. A uh, a rough day for pitching. Let's run through the slate, and then we'll, we'll go game by game here. Uh, seven day games today, eight night games, so a pretty even split if you're looking at day and and uh, the main slate. Uh, action starts off at one o five in Washington as Steven Matz and the Mets head in to take Tanner Roark. And the Nationals, a lefty righty matchup there. Uh, then we had a couple 110 starts. The first in Minnesota, as the Royals and Dylan G head in to take on Tyler Duffy, and the Twins, a righty righty matchup there. Uh, the other 110 start in Detroit, a little interleague action as the Philadelphia Phillies head in, hoping to avoid a sweep by the Detroit Tigers. Aaron Nola on the hill going up against Anibal Sanchez. You figure the Phillies have a, a bit of an ma- uh, advantage there in the pitching matchup. Uh, then we had the 145 start in St. Louis as uh, the only true ace of the day is on the board here as Jake Arrieta taking on Carlos Martinez. Uh, And then a 2.05 start out in Texas as Hector Santiago and the Angels, the lefty, head in to take on uh, the surprisingly hot Colby Lewis. Uh, And the Rangers, Lewis, has been terrific so far since returning. Uh, 2.10 start out in Chicago as the Indians head in to take on the White Sox. Corey Kluber, the struggling Corey Kluber, taking on the the not-struggling Jose Quintana, who's been been pretty good for those White Sox. Uh, And then we round out the day slate in San Fran, a 3.45 start on the East Coast as The Padres and James Shields head in to take on Jake Peavy and the Giants. Another righty-righty matchup there. All right, then we start out the night slate at 7.05 in Pittsburgh. Uh, as the D-backs heading to town, uh, got walloped last night by the Pirates, uh, hoping to avoid that tonight as Rubby De La gets back on the hill after a skip start last week, taking on the lefty Jeff Locke. We head into New York as Benny's New York Yankees host those Blue Jays. Marco Estrada taking on Ivan Nova, a matchup of righties there. Uh, then we go into a 7-10 start in Boston as the Rockies, another interleague matchup here heading to town. Chad Bettis taking on Mr. Stephen Wright, not the comedian, the knuckleballer. Uh, another 7-10 start in Tampa as the Marlins head in a little battle of Florida as Justin Nicolino, the lefty, takes on the righty Matt Andrees. Uh, and then we round out the 7-10 starts in Atlanta as Javi Guerra and those Brewers heading into town to take on Mike Fultonavich and the Braves, another righty-righty battle there. Uh, we head on to an 8-10 start in Houston uh, as uh, the Orioles are in town. Righty Tyler Wilson taking on righty Tyler McHugh. And then we round it out with two 10-10 games at the end of the evening. The Reds head into L.A. to take on the Dodgers. Righty Dan Straley taking on lefty Scott Kazmir. And then we round out the night in Seattle as Asashi Wakuma and the Mariners host Zach Neal, the right-hander for the A's, making his first big league start in place of Sonny Gray, who was put on the DL. Benny, a lot to get to. Really a, a, a rough slate for the pitching, so we're, we're going we're to have to find some, some nice batting options and maybe some sneaker, p- sneaky pitchers here. Uh, one of the, the semi-okay pitchers available today is in this first game here is the Mets head into Washington to take on the Nationals. Steven Matz against Tanner Roark. Uh, what, what are you thinking here? Are you going to have Matz in any line? Yeah,
2: You know, I'm not a big fan of playing the early slate, um, mostly because I I feel like I don't have a lot of time to look through it. So I'll have a few lineups in there, and Matt's will probably be on a couple of them. You know, I mean, we talked about it before the show, too. The late slate of pitching tonight is just, its you know, there's really nowhere to go. There's no safe place to go. So if you're playing the late slate, I mean, it's kind of abysmal. If you're playing an all-day slate... You're probably looking at a guy like a Mats or maybe an Arietta as somebody you want to use for the day. So I don't hate him. I kind of like him here. But there's a couple bats on that Nationals team that I think he's going to struggle with. You know, Ryan Zimmerman, very good against uh, left-handed pitching. So he's somebody that I think is going to be a sneaky option I definitely want to have some shares of. And then on the other side, this Mets team profiles pretty well against Tanner Rourke. You know, works a guy usually struggles a little bit with left-handed bats. And the Mets have a lot of them. you got you know grandison at the top of the order you got conforto at you know in the three-hole who i like a lot uh, Lucas dude is actually out now with, um, you know, so that kind of makes this lineup a little bit weaker. You may actually even see Neil Walker hitting in the five hole. If he's in the five hole, I kind of like him as a second base option. And then, uh, Cespedes is always somebody who hits well in righty on righty matchups. So I do think I I would look at a lot of these Mets bats. I also like Zimmerman on the other side of this game, but you know, Matt's is somebody that I'm going to have some exposure to on the mounts.
1: Yeah. I feel the same way. I don't love the 9900 for Mats. He's the second highest pitcher on the board today after Jake Arrieta but even having said that I think well, like you said when you look at the the, the slate today and if you're not going to go Arietta in those early games Matt's makes some sense and and Washington has been good but not great so so I think uh I I agree with your analysis there and Roark is actually you know as far as it goes has been uh significantly better than I would have expected yeah, from the guy he has this
2: year yeah yeah he's, he's- the strikeouts have been up a little bit. Like he, he actually isn't as much of a gas can as he has been in years past.
1: Yeah. And 8,300, not a great price, but when you look at the day's slate, it's also not a, an awful price. and so maybe an interesting kind of contrarian play there. Uh, and the Mets lineup not the best. Uh, all right, let's move on. 110 start in Minnesota as, uh, Another righty – we got a righty-righty matchup here is Dylan G back in action for the Royals taking on uh, Tyler Duffy, who I kind of like a little bit. Benny, where where are you leaning in this one?
2: Yeah, Duffy's actually been pretty solid. I just – I don't really like him against this Kansas City team because they do have some left-handed bats that I think are going to give him a little bit of trouble. You know, really like Eric Hosmer. He's one of those guys. You know, actually, to be honest, I I don't know if Moustakos or – Alex Gordon are going to be playing. Well,
1: Moustakas, I think, is back, but Gordon definitely just got put on the DL, I believe, so he'll be out.
2: Yeah, well, did you see what happened the other day? The two of them kind of collided on a, a, you know, pop fly. So we might actually be without both of them in this game. You know, if either one of them is in, you know, the left-handed bats are the way I'd want to attack Duffy. If the only left-handed bat in there is Hosmer and then, you know, Morales, although he hasn't been hitting well this year, I think that kind of tick stuffy up a little bit. There's also some rain concern for this game too, so just keep that in mind. Make sure you check the weather on this game before you roll out any of the guys in it. Um, but on the other side, I don't think Dylan G is a very good pitcher, so I think you can actually look at some of these guys on uh, on Minnesota. You know, I like Eduardo Nunez; he's been hitting well lately. I like Miguel Sano; he's been hitting well lately. Uh, young ho Park has a lot of power and righty on righty matchups, so those are three guys that I think I'd look at on the Minnesota side.
1: Yeah, Park only had three thousand on the day. You know, he's he's priced the same as a guy like Witten Merrifield there. So, you know, I think I think that's a nice value there. Um, like you said, Dylan G not a very good pitcher. So I agree with that. And Duffy at six thousand. Again, I agree the Royals don't strike out enough, but with a few of those lefty bats potentially out of the lineup. For 6000 and spreading the rest of that money around, that could be a nice, sneaky pitching play today as well. Yeah, I wouldn't mind it as a cheap
2: guy. I wouldn't mind them.
1: All right, Benny, let's move on. One ten start here in Detroit. I was going to say here in Detroit because the Phillies are playing and I'm in Philly, but I'm not in Detroit, Benny, so that doesn't nearly make as much sense as it normally would.
2: Yeah, and, and you know, this is a, a tough one for me because Nola's actually been... Pretty tough on right handed bats. And you look at that Detroit lineup and it's basically right handed bats from the top to the bottom, with the exception of, you know, Victor Martinez, who's a switch hitter, who's probably in a pretty good spot. Still catcher eligible on FanDuel, I'm pretty sure. So Correct. he's somebody yeah, he he's somebody I'd look at there. I actually like Nola as a pitcher, but I, I don't think I can use him today because You know, this Detroit team does have some upside. They definitely have home run power. I mean, from top to bottom, they have home run power. J.D. Martinez, Miguel Cabrera, you know, Victor Martinez, Castellanos, uh, you know, Upton if he's in the game. You know, Kinsler was a late scratch yesterday, so I don't know how serious that is. But just keep that in mind if you were going to roll him out, although I don't think he's somebody I want to roll out. Um, I like Nola more than I like Sanchez, but I don't think I can use either one of them today. It's a high total game, I think eight and a half or nine. Uh, both teams expected to score four, four and a half runs on the Philly side, Odubel Herrera is really the <clears throat> top bat that I've been using for Philly. You know, he gets on base. He can steal some bases for you. He gets a lot of hits, you know, well over 300 average right now, scores some runs. I like him a lot. I think you can look at Mikhail Franco, um, another guy that I like even in righty on righty matchups. So that's about it though. I mean, I like the, the pitching staff here for Philly, which has been carrying him. The bats and the offense haven't been all that great this season, though.
1: Yeah, I'm with you a little bit, but I, I think Nola Nola's good, man. And it, it, it oh, was, he is, yeah. He's really good, and I think he's only about 8,300 in there. Uh, I'm sorry, 8,900, which isn't great against that lineup, but, I mean, it, uh, he's been so good. You know, it's like outing after seven innings, two earned, seven innings, no earned. Six innings, three earned, seven innings, nowhere, and seven innings, nowhere, and seven innings, one earned. I mean, he's been really, really, really good and really consistent. You know, he's got a .9 whip. Um, I I like him a lot. I think at 8,900, it's a worthwhile play, but I agree that it's a little risky because of that Detroit lineup. But on the flip side, I would be totally fine rolling out a a Philly stack because it is somewhat unconventional because they're so bad offensively. But like you said, Franco and Herrera, Franco 2,800, Herrera 3,600 against Anibal Sanchez, who is atrocious. Uh, I think both those guys should be in your lineups. And and as a low-end play there, Tommy Joseph at at 2,000 at first base does hit lefties better. But Sanchez has been so bad against both sides of the plate. And and at 2,000, and he's going to play because they have the DH there in Detroit. So um, I I think that's a nice kind of upside play there as well. Yep, I agree. All right, Benny, let's move on. One forty-five start. We mentioned it before, the one true ace here today, Jake Arietta and the Cubs taking on the Carlos Martinez-led Cardinals. What do you feel about this? Or are you willing to pay up for Arietta today? I mean, there will,
2: <clears throat> there will be some lineups that I do it, and I think I may do it in cash as well just because I don't really see anybody else that I feel incredibly comfortable with. So it does make a little bit of sense for me here to pay up for Arietta. You know, the St. Louis team has always been solid, but they do have one of the lowest expected run totals on the day here. And, I mean, Arietta has been, you know, one of the best pitchers over the last 25 starts of his of you know his his career. He has been, like, one of the most dominant pitchers ever. He's on, like, a, you know, dare I say, like, a Sandy Koufax kind of stretch right now where he is just shutting teams down and, you know, lighting people up to – Excuse me, two uh, no-hitters during that time period. So, you know, you really can't argue with what he's done. And then on the other side, Carlos Martinez is not a horrible pitcher either. But I do love this Cubs offense, and I think there's just too much upside here that, you know, they're going to wind up getting some hits. Fowler at the top of the order, Chris Bryan in the middle, Anthony Rizzo. You know, I like all three of these guys. May have some exposure to him, Probably not in cash because if you're paying up for Arietta, you know, you're not going to be able to fit some of these higher-priced bats in.
1: Yeah, I feel the same way. And, and I like the lefties against Carmart at 351. Woba allowed the left-handed hitters this year. So your Fowlers, your Zobris, I think there's uh, some some nice plays there as well. And I agree on the Arietta thing. I think obviously cash games, you, you can fit them in there and, and probably come out okay. But um, it's going to be hard to play them in a tournament and, and have a real – chance just based on the way the board shakes out because someone else will pitch well (laughs) the problem is guessing who it's gonna be (laughs) yeah exactly all right bang let's move on 205 start in texas as lefty hector santiago leads the angels in there to take on the surprisingly dominant of lake colby lewis uh what do you think about this you see colby lewis keeping it up you
2: know i i feel like he's doing it with smoke and mirrors because he's been around for a while and he's never never really looked this good But at the same point in time, I think nine and a half is a really high um, total for this game. I I don't see, you know, they're expecting this Los Angeles Angels offense to put up four or five runs. And I don't see how this Angels offense gets it up. I mean, they have not been all that good this year. They don't strike out a lot. So that kind of has me away from using the Colby Lewis maybe as a flyer. Um, But other than Mike Trout, there's really not anybody on this offense that I want to have exposure to. And then on the other side, with uh, you know Santiago, the lefty going up, I really like Ian Desmond. I think he's going to be in a good spot. Santiago's a guy that has a huge home run rate, so you want the right-handed bats that have some pop. Which to me, on this Rangers team, is really just Desmond and and maybe Adrian Beltre. Um, you know, I don't I don't really see anybody else outside of that that I want to put in my lineup. Probably going to be staying away from most of the left-handed bats in the lefty on lefty matchup. So really, it's Desmond and Beltre because you know that. Z- Santiago's actually not a horrible pitcher, but he does give up a lot of fly balls, and a lot of those fly balls turn into home runs, so that's where I'd kind of try to attack him today.
1: feel very similarly, Colby Lewis at 7,400 today, another pretty nice under-the-radar pitching play just based on the upside. I agree that I don't think this is going to last all season or anything, but... I do think that uh, against a a not very good Angels lineup, that's a decent matchup and a decent price based on how good he's pitched and and the strikeout upside. All right, Benny, let's move on to 10 start in Chi-Town as Corey Kluber and the Indians head in to take on Jose Quintana. If I told you before the season that Jose Quintana would be the better pitcher heading into this matchup, you might have been surprised, Benny.
2: Yeah, I probably would have been, although – You know, this is a tough game for me because there are some guys that hit left-handed pitching pretty well on this Cleveland team. You know, Rajay Davis has been hitting lefties really well. Francisco Lindor hits him well. Mike Napoli hits him well. You know, even guys like Carlos Santana and Jan Gomes have a little bit of upside. So I don't think it's a particularly soft spot for Quintana but I do think that he's gonna wind up pitching a pretty good game I mean it's only a seven total in this game altogether and then Kluber is somebody who I loved, but he really hasn't been having a great season so far this year there are not a lot of bats that I want to use really to attack him either I guess Jose Abreu in a righty on righty spot but you know Kluber pretty tough to right-handed bats Adam Eaton I guess the lefty at the top of the order there aren't a lot of lefties in this lineup either so you know who else do you have lefty maybe Jimmy Rollins I think switch hitter but Other than that, you know, there there really isn't anybody else that hits from the left side. So it should be a spot for Kluber to kind of get right. But I don't know. Like I said, he hasn't really pitched well this year.
1: Yeah, it's a tough one. I do have a lineup with him in there at 9,200. I figure for 9,200, you know, when he's on, he's a a well into the five digits kind of pitcher as far as pricing goes. So, you know, in a a not super difficult matchup, I, I, I like giving him a shot, but... Agreed. It's hard to to trust Kluber right now with everything that we've seen. All right, Benny, let's round out the day slate. 3.45 start in San Francisco as James Shields and the Padres head and take on Jake Peavy and the Giants. A matchup that, you know, seven, eight years ago would have been uh, one of the best matchups in baseball, Benny.
2: Yeah, I mean, the way I'm looking at this game is I don't want either one of these pitchers. Peavy is just a shell of his former self right now. But I'm also not taking any bats against him because, I mean, let's face it, what bats do you want on San Diego to begin with? So, you know, he's probably somebody that's off the board. If you want to take a chance on, like, a, maybe a Matt Kemp or a Will Myers, you know, I guess those guys have a little bit of upside for a tournament. On the other side, though, I think Shields is going to get lit up here because he's been struggling with left-handed bats. You got, like, Denard Spann, uh, Joe Panic, Brandon Belt, you know, a lot of left-handed bats on this um, San Francisco team that I think can do a little damage against them. It is a good pitcher's ballpark, so I don't know if it's going to be like a 8-6 kind of game, but I definitely think uh, San Francisco gets four or five runs here, so you could probably look at a couple of the left-handed bats in that team.
1: Yeah, I feel the same way. Brandon Crawford is one I'll highlight. 3,100 at shortstop, a weak day for shortstop, and he has... Really good. Uh, Granted, a small sample size, but he's like you know five of twelve against Shields with a homer and has hit him well. I think he's got like a ten eighty three OPS career against Shields. So again, small sample size, but you know yeah yeah, I think uh, on on a light day slate with a light shortstop with light shortstop options in that range, I think for the price, it's a nice little buy there. All right, Benny. Before we jump into the night slate, let me remind you that MLB season is here, and that means that daily fantasy baseball is back. Go to Fando.com. Building a team is easy. Just pick your players, stay under the salary cap and sit back tonight and watch your team win. Entry fees start at just $1. So anyone can play. I, I, I love it. Benny loves it. It's, it's so much fun because every day is a new team. It's a new season. It's, you don't have to worry about injuries or, or guys getting hurt or this or that or whatever. It's just you get to reboot every single day and, and just go matchups and look at what's on the slate and, and roll with it. And then there's nothing more fun than that. Join over 1 million other users who have already won money. It's never too late to join. Just come play with me and Benny every day over at FanDuel.com. So go to FanDuel.com and click the microphone in the upper right-hand corner to use my code rwpod to sign up now special offer for new users get a free six-month rotowire subscription with a $25 deposit you must sign up with my code rwpod that's rwpod for $60 in value for just $25 again don't forget to use my code rwpod fanduel.com where every day is a new season that's fanduel F-A-N-D-U-E-L dot com. Sign up today. All right, Benny, let's uh, let's re- uh, jump right into this night slate here as we have the D-backs heading into Pittsburgh to take on the Pirates. Robbie De La Rosa back on the hill after uh, a week off uh, to rest, I believe, a groin injury, uh, taking on that uh, that unexciting lefty in Jeff Locke. <laughs> Which way are you leaning in this one, Benny.
2: I'm basically leaning towards the bats. Um, You know, that's kind of the way I'm looking at this game. Pittsburgh's offense has been really good. They've been pounding out runs lately. Love Gregory Polanco in the three-hole, the lefty going up against De La Rosa, who usually struggles with left-handed bats. I guess you can look at Jaso at the top of that order, too. Um, De La Rosa is kind of tough on Brady, so, you know, the rest of that lineup, which is all right-handed, McCutcheon and and Jung-ho Kang are, you know, the two guys who— Do hit right-handed pitching well on righty matchups, but I really want to look at the lefties here, so Polanco and Jaso are probably my top two. And then on the other side against the lefty lock, a couple guys in Arizona that hit lefties well. You know, Goldschmidt, 429 Woba, 229 ISO since the beginning of uh, 2015, definitely somebody in play. Wellington Castillo, he hits um, left-handed pitching really well. And then you got guys like Segura and, uh, you know, Yosmani Tomas, maybe Drury or Goslin if they're up there in the two-hole. Uh, so I do like these right-handed bats going up against Locke. I like a lot of the bats in this game. I think I'm kind of staying away from the pitching.
1: Yeah, I agree 100% on the bats, but I, I told you before, I, I'm, I think I'd be willing to take a shot on Robbie at 6,700. Um, never ideal, but he's been much better this season for the most part, better against lefties. Uh, strikeout potential is high and, you know, got the week off um and pittsburgh like you said does have a lot of those right-handed bats in that lineup but again i i think that's just just the fact that i'm considering Robbie de la rosa shows you how crappy the night slate is yeah but
2: you know what i mean i can't even argue against it right now that's how bad the night slate pitching is is whoever you want to make a case for everybody's got warts so if there's somebody that you feel even a little bit strongly about them might have maybe kind of sort of having a good game tonight. I, I think that's the guy you got to roll with.
1: Yeah, I agree. Look, a, a knuckleballer is the top, you know, most expensive pitcher on the board. You know, I, I'm with you a hundred percent. All right, uh, Benny, let's move on at seven Oh five start your New York Yankees and Ivan Nova hosting Marco Estrada. Yeah. You know, Estrada, I guess, you know, when you look at the night slate, one of the names you might consider, where do you kind of stand on this one?
2: You know, I, At first glance, he was the guy that I figured I was going to be using. But then when I started digging into the numbers and and looking everything up, the Yankees actually hit him really well. You know, Ellsbury's been hot lately, and he's 6 of 17 lifetime against Estrada with three extra base hits. McCann is 8 of 20 against Estrada. Uh, Teixeira is 3 of 9 against Estrada with three home runs. And then even Carlos Beltran, 7 of 24 with three home runs. So you're taking the top guys in the Yankees' order right there, and... They've all hit Estrada well in their career. so when I started looking at the numbers and I saw that I'm like, Jesus, there goes the one guy who I thought was gonna be a safe pitcher for me on the night. So I actually do like these Yankee bats. Now again I'm gonna you know tell you guys take it with a grain of salt because I'm a Yankees fan so maybe this is my bias speaking, but like I said, you look at those BVP numbers, I don't think this is gonna be an easy game here for Estrada. So those you know the Yankee guys that we mentioned I think are in play. and then on the other side, you know, you usually want left-handed bats going up against Nova. So Michael Saunders, uh, maybe Justin Smoke if he's in the lineup. You know, those guys make a little bit of sense to me, but I like what uh, Toronto's doing with Batista leading off, Donaldson hitting second, and Encarnacion hitting third. You know, they're basically saying we're going to try to give as many at-bats as we can to the three best players on our team and make it really tough for pitchers to get through those three guys, one, two, three, right off the bat. Um, You know, you don't really get a breather, so... Nova's been tougher on righties. I don't really see it as an easy matchup for those guys, but I also don't think it's an easy matchup for Nova. So not using Nova and not really using any of the, you know, the blue Jays bats here. If I did anything, it would be with those lefties.
1: Yeah. I don't, I don't really have anything to add. Uh, I pretty much agree with everything you said, even, uh, you're letting your Yankees homer flag fly, so I can even agree with that today, Benny. Um, but I see,
2: I can back it up. The BVP helps me here because I can actually back it up today.
1: Yeah. No. Yeah. Usually you just say it, which is good. This time you actually had some reasoning for it. <laughs> uh, no, Benny. Actually, for for to be clear, Benny has been very, very, uh, very fair about the fact that the Yankees stink offensively. I, so I've this... said it quite a
2: few times already.
1: <laughs> you have. That, yeah. You've been very. Very upfront about it. Uh all right, Benny, let's uh, let's move on. Seven ten start the Yankees rivals and the uh the top pitcher on the night, who knew? Is uh Chad Bettis heads in to take on that ace, Stephen Wright. Uh Benny, I, I, I still don't know the day where I won't think of the comedian first before the pitcher, but you know, that's a whole separate issue. Which way are you going in this one, Benny? Yeah, I mean,
2: you know, Wright's a knuckleballer. He's actually been really good if you look at his numbers. You know, there's really no BVP to go on, which is what I try to look at when you're looking at a knuckleball pitcher. That's where I think the BVP is really the most important. I guess the right-handed bats have been hitting them better, <clears throat> so maybe you want to go with a guy like a Story or an Arenado. But I think Wright is the the top pitcher on the on the late slate today, which is you know kind of scary and I think it's by a pretty wide margin because there really isn't just a lot else there but I don't like this guy like I think he's due for regression I think he's been better than even the Red Sox thought he was going to be throughout the beginning of the season so far so I don't know I'm just I'm very on the fence about using him and then on the other side though the reason why I would use him especially on FanDuel is cuz I think he's pretty much guaranteed to win I don't think Chad Bettis is a bad pitcher don't get me wrong but this Red Sox team has just been absolutely pounding the ball I mean You know, you got Mookie Betts, you got Pedroia, you got Bogarts, the right-handers up at the top of the order. You know, you got David Ortiz, who absolutely mashes right-handed pitching. Jackie Bradley Jr., who's on like a 20-something game hitting streak, might be the hottest hitter in baseball right now. You know, Hanley Ramirez left the game yesterday, but I didn't look too serious because he did run out. I think he got hit in the foot or something like that, and he did wind up running the bases, so he may still play today. Travis Shaw got the day off and actually came in for Hanley, so I think he's fine even though he was banged up. So, I mean, any of those seven guys I just mentioned right there I think are all in play. So, you know, I I think the the Red Sox are a team that I would stack, and I think you can stack it a whole bunch of different ways because there's just so many guys on on this lineup that are doing pretty well right now.
1: Yes, and we would be remiss to not mention that JBJR is halfway to Dimaggio. What twenty-eight game hitting streak for Jackie Bradley Jr. right now?
2: Yeah, he's like I said, he's been quite possibly the hottest hitter in all of baseball right now.
1: Yeah, it's not, it's not, and uh, uh, unfortunately, has also raised his price to a level making him. Not a great value anymore. But I, I agree with pretty much everything you said there. Uh the right thing, it's it's tough to roll with him as the as your top guy just because, you know, he has been terrific, but at the same time the knuckleball can be so dependent upon the weather, upon, you know, the if it rains a little bit and he doesn't get that grip, you know, the whole night's, you know, just, just gone. And uh, you know, so that that worries me about you know, paying up for that type of guy, but but agree across the board with everything you said there. All right, Benny, let's round out. Oh, no, let's not round out. How about we do two more 7-10 games, uh, the first of which will be in Tampa as uh, Justin Nicolino, the left-hander. Speaking of regression, takes on Matt Andrees, who uh, I think has some regression coming his way as well. What do you think about this one, Benny?
2: Yeah, I, I still like andres here today because he's not too incredibly expensive, although his prices come up. And, I mean, this guy's been really, really good in 2016. You look back to the limited innings he pitched before this year, left-handed bats have been the way to go after him. So if Ichiro's still on top of the order, I mean, he's got seven or eight hits in, like, the last three or four games, I think he's somebody that I'd be willing to take for, you know, a little bit of a discount. I really like Derek Dietrich anytime he's going up against a right-handed pitcher. So if he's hitting in the three-hole again today, he's another guy I'd look at justin bore a little bit more of a long shot but those left-handed bats are the guys that i would try to attack him with on the other side i love the tampa bay stack i think you can take the top four guys in tampa bay and just kind of plug them into your lineups right now Geyer has a 391 Woba, 201 ISO, hits left-handed pitching really well. Longoria hits left-handed pitching very well. And then if you add in, like, Stephen Pierce and uh, and, and Souza to that, and even a kid, um, you know, I don't even know how to say his name. Is it Mickey or Mickey, Mickey May, Maytock or something like that? Matic. Matic, okay. Name, yeah, yeah Match- you know, you put, you, you got all five of those right-handed bats up at the top of the order. I think it's going to be a really tough game here for Nicolino. I wouldn't expect him to last anywhere near five innings and um you know i think this tampa bay team could actually put some runs up against them
1: yeah how about i mean this tampa bay team has been one of the most surprising things of the last three weeks or so where all of us i mean the, the tampa bay stack is the way to go every day it seems like benny i mean the, the steve pierce and diggers and all these guys have just been killing it lately
2: you know what the funny thing is at the beginning of the season You would have said that this team was all pitching. And so far, we've seen the pitching kind of fall apart. You know, we've seen Odorizzi get lit up, we've seen Archer Archer get lit up a lot but the bats have been carrying them so you know hey sometimes uh sometimes things don't work out the way we think they will but that,
1: that is why the 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 best Twitter follow there is, is can't predict the ball because you cannot predict baseball <laughs> all right benny let's move on and and agree just echo what you said uh especially those righties against Nicolino and that 338 woobela and righties andries just i worry about the 4 to 6 k to 9 to the you know but we'll we'll see where that goes. I would be a little worried just for the K upside there, but not the worst matchup though. The Marlins have been hitting a little better lately. All right, Benny, let's move on to a 7 uh, The last of the 710 starts in Atlanta where I think we might see one of the um Uh, higher-owned pitching options of the day, especially in tourneys, and Javi Guerra going up against the Braves and Mike Fultonavich. I'm assuming you might have some Guerra shares tonight.
2: Yeah, I I don't hate him, and, you know, he's actually been good. If you look at his last two games, he's actually been really, really good. I think he had 11 strikeouts the last time he he went out. Yeah, went seven or eight innings, you know, really solid start for him. There are a couple left-handed bats on atlanta that you you know you may want to be a little weary of like freddie freeman you know i mean mark cacus and ciarte these guys don't really have a lot of upside you know they're more like singles doubles hitters you know maybe score a run here or there so i i definitely don't think that Guerrero is going to get lit up by any stretch of the imagination um but even on the other side of this game <clears throat> you know faulty newitz is usually a guy we want to attack with lefties There aren't a lot of lefties on this Milwaukee team. I do like Jonathan Villar up top as a shortstop option a little bit. Uh, Scooter Gannett, I guess, if you're looking for a cheaper option at second base, although his price has come up from where it was a couple weeks ago. You know, like I said, there's not a lot of bats in this game at all that I'd really be looking at, and I do like Guerrero a little bit. He's somebody I think I'm going to have a few shares of tonight.
1: Yeah, pretty much the same. I'm staying away from the bats. Garrett, 7,200, I I like. I just think he's going to be pretty widely owned in tourneys after the 11 strikeouts last outing. And obviously the matchup against the anemic Atlanta offense. All right, Benny eight, 10 start in Houston as Baltimore and Tyler Wilson head in to take on Colin McHugh. You're going to get some bats up in this one, Benny.
2: Yeah. I like a lot of bats in this one. uh, You know, McHugh's been bad to both left and right-handed bats this year, but he's normally reverse splits guy, a righty on righty guy. So, Machado is always the guy I look at in those situations. Uh, 390 Woba, 252 ISO, righty on righty situations. You could also look at Chris Davis makes some sense. Uh, Jonathan Scope makes some sense as well. And then on the other side of this game, you know, Tyler Wilson you normally want to attack with left-handed bats. So a guy like Colby Rasmus probably somebody that makes a, a, a good salary-saving option and, on some of the sites that is cheap. And then you look at guys like Altuve and Correa and Springer. You know, the thing about Wilson is he actually gives up a lot of fly balls. He has a a pretty high fly ball rate. And Houston is a very good home run hitter's ballpark. So that fly ball rate could come back to bite him. I don't think I would want to stack up bats on Houston. I don't think of him as that kind of a pitcher. But I think you can pick and choose which one of those, you know, three big right-handed bats at the top of the order. I think one of those three guys at least is going to go yard today. So if you pick and choose the right one, you know, you could wind up with some points against a guy that gives up a lot of flat balls.
1: Agree with everything you said. Uh, I'll just throw out Carlos Correa, 3900. Hasn't been playing that great, but, you know, he's one of those guys we saw early in the season where, you know, you could have two or three nights where he wins you a night with that 3900 price, so... Uh, just something to keep an eye on. All right, Benny, let's uh, let's round out the night. We got two night games left, the first of which uh, 10-10 start in Los Angeles as Dan Straley and the Reds head in to take on the lefty Scott Casimir who looked better in his last outing. What do you think about this one, Ben?
2: Yeah, I'm not a huge fan of the bats in this game. You know, Straley's actually been pretty solid. The problem is he's a converted relief pitcher, so he doesn't go past six innings. And this Reds bullpen is atrocious, so... You know, we've actually seen it in starts that Straley's had before where he gets to the fifth or sixth inning only allowing maybe one or two runs and giving you a quality start. And then the final score is like 11-7 to because the bullpen comes in and just gets absolutely lit up. So I'm not looking at these Dodgers bats because I think Straley will be a little bit tough on them early on in the game. And then the only damage they're really going to do is going to be late in the game when the relievers come in. And then on the other side, you know, Casimir's been solid. There are a couple guys that hit uh, left-handed pitching well, though. Like Zach Cozart is good against lefties, and Eugenio Suarez up there at the top of the order. Both of those guys are pretty good against left-handed pitching. If Suarez is in the two hole, I really like him. You know, him him and Cozart would be two guys I looked at, and I'm really not on Casimir. Although I know a lot of other people are talking about him today.
1: Yeah, I feel the same way. I I, I think I could see myself rolling out Casimir just because that Reds lineup has been. So unexciting, but, you know, even guys like Adam Duvall and Brandon Phillips and and when I've hit lefties well, so I, I think I would just stay away from this one in general, but I don't hate some of those Dodgers lefties against Straley and especially against that, as you mentioned, atrocious Reds bullpen. I think, I think that was a really good point from you because we have a tendency to just focus so much on who the starting pitcher is when picking offensive guys for the day. And sometimes neglect to think about the, the terrible bullpens that they could face as well. So I think that's a really good point. All right, Benny, let's round out the night at 10-10. Start as well in Seattle as Zach Neal makes his uh, first start in the major leagues, taking the place of Sonny Gray, put on the disabled list against the Mariners and Isashi Wakuma. Are you loading up against this kid, Benny?
2: I don't know about loading up, but I think the left-handed bats are in a good spot. You know, you definitely want to have some Cano shares if you can afford him. He he's probably one of the best uh you know guys here. Um, Seth Smith, Kyle Seeger, some other left-handed bats you can look at them. You know, uh, Nelson Cruz maybe who hits well in righty on righty spots has some pretty good numbers and a lot of power. So if you're gonna stack up the Seattle team, I think those would be the guys. You know, again, I don't know a ton about this kid. I mean. You can look at someone's minor league stats. You can see what they've done against minor league pitching, but it doesn't always translate. I mean, we've seen some of the top pitching prospects in baseball come up already this year and, you know, get lit up for four or five runs. Guys like, uh, you know, Manea or Berrios. And I don't think this kid is as good as either one of them. So I can't imagine that he's going to have a lot of success here today. So I, I guess Seattle does make some sense, although. You know, that ballpark doesn't yield a ton of runs ever. It's not like they ever really pound out ten or twelve runs in Seattle, so I don't know about that. Um, on the other side though, you know, Irakuma is actually in a pretty decent spot. Normally he's tough on righties. Normally you want lefties against them There's not a lot of lefties left on this Oakland team. You know, you don't have Reddick here, so you know, Steven Vote, probably the best left handed bat that they have hitting in the three hole. And uh, then the only other two guys that hit righties you know pretty well on the team you're really going down to like you know Chris Davis and uh and Danny Valencia but Iwakuma is tough on righty so I don't see those guys having a big game and I've never really used like Coco Crisp or like Billy Burns you know I just I just don't think either one of those guys have much upside so not really a lot on the lineup on Oakland that I'm really thrilled with
1: yeah but I I think uh you pretty much nailed it there I, I Danny Valencia, much better against lefties than righties. Not a great matchup there, though the 2,900 price is, is pretty solid. But I think you're leaning towards throwing out some Mariners against the A's. And, and like you mentioned, based on that matchup and the way it plays out, maybe Iwakuma is kind of a decent, you know, shot to take on uh, on the pitching side. Again, with the uh, the pricing, you know, there's no one up there. 8,600, that puts him right there with Casmar, right above, you know, below Aaron So, you know, maybe you take a shot there.
2: Yeah, I mean, like we said, it, it's just not a good slate for pitching, especially if you're playing the the late only slate. You know, I think if you're playing an all day slate, you're looking at guys pitching in the early games as your pitcher. If you're playing in the late slate, I, like I said, I, I don't really know who you're looking at. It, it, it's a GPP kind of slate because there is no safe cash gameplay that you can look at in the late slate.
1: You heard it there. Close your eyes and just pick one, is what Benny said
2: yeah that's about it yeah hold hold your nose close your eyes and don't follow your team at seven o'clock just come back at midnight and see how you're doing
1: there we go that's the kind of analysis you get when benny hasn't slept because his wife has been (laughs) out of town he's a single parent so that's gonna do it for today benny and i'll be back tomorrow hopefully benny will be on more rest i certainly will be as well and this has been the mlb dfs podcast for wednesday may 25th benny and i'll see you tomorrow good luck go out and win some money